Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day. Let's say week in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney. And I'm Daniela Kouye. It's so good to be here with you, obviously with you to end the week. A bit of a bit of a fizzle on this Friday, though. I don't know. It, it's 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 positive. Okay, <laughs> barely. I love your enthusiasm. I, I think we, we we take the small wins at this stage, yeah. and it's positive. The lead was a bit from the US, so you know a few sectors rallied. So that's not too bad. I like it. So our three themes, if you can call them that pretty flat finish. We did see the miners weighing on the market overall, but I really think that one of the overarching themes from this week has to be lithium. Totally. Really yeah. did win the week. Totally. I mean, Alchem and Livant. Livant, how do we say I that? I don't know. I okay. sort of said Livant, but I probably got it completely wrong. But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head here. I mean, lithium... That space, the consolidation, the mm-hmm. interest, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I think the the trillions of dollars that's going into clean energy is going to continue. And that's what I was going to say. So I, I had the pleasure of speaking with a really illustrious panel yesterday. It was brought to us by the team at Investors Mutual. And um, they've got a sustainable fund there. Tim Wood runs it. And he brought in a couple of guests, global investors, with him yesterday. And he had said, look, this is just emblematic of what is also likely to continue to happen in Australia as we see the consolidation uh, come through, as we see these waves of um, the energy transition come to fruition. So it's something I think that needs to be on all investors' radar. And, And if you go to our website and listen to that interview, it's still up there online. It's not just the miners. It's not just the critical minerals. Like That's a huge part of the story. But there are so many, you know, derivatives of this energy transition that you don't want to, you know, ignore. Um, It's not just ESG. I mean, this is a real money making opportunity. Yeah. And also a risk thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what sometimes people don't forget. We saw it in the QBE results that those extreme weather events, $190 million hit to these results. So I think it's it's a realization that, you know, we now are investing in a new paradigm yeah. where it's decarbonization, but the extreme weather events hit everything. Yep. And uh, look, um, paradigm shifts brings opportunity. Let's get back to today because we've kind of got on our soapbox. I don't think that was a soapbox moment. Let's talk about the sectors that perform today. And since Danielle is so positive, we'll start with those positive sectors, (laughs) one of which was healthcare. So there you go. CSL does a lot for the market overall when you consider the market capitalization of 
uh, CSL, so it offset even a bit of a loss coming through from Ramsey Health and Infotech. Also yeah, did well. very strong to probably taking a lead yet again from what we're seeing over with the NASDAQ, which continues to move higher. So, uh, yeah, some strong performances there. Just to preview next week, we do have a number of these companies reporting. Zero is one of them. That will be interesting. Life360, I guess, in the uh, smaller end of yep. the infotech space. And there's been a lot of build up to this Life360 one in terms of broker recommendations and commentary. So, yeah, we'll be watching and we'll actually be speaking with the CEO yep. when that happens. Um, flip side, though, I guess Weakness if you can say energy. it. Yeah. Yeah, that oil price really, really is, I think, starting, well, not I personally, the experts, uh, signaling, you know, potential slowdown. And of course, China's numbers mm -hmm. have not been as good as expected. Patchy recovery still going on there. So from an inflation perspective, though, actually, weak energy prices is really quite positive. Yeah, I had a chat with uh, Chris Weston from Pepperstone today. That came up. So the oil price as an inflation indicator. If you're into gold, which I know a lot of you are, um, he also talked about what could potentially trigger gold to the upside as well. He's watching out for further all-time highs coming through in gold. And a bit of news today, uh, Newmont has extended its, um, its due, due diligence, diligence period yeah. for Newcrest Mining. So we'll be watching again, we'll be watching gold. I mean, gold was really in focus to start the week yeah. ahead of that U.S. inflation Absolutely. report as well, which I didn't think really rocked the boat too much. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I thought the um, the PPI number was was quite good. And also those um, the, the jobless or the new job openings is actually weakening. So I think that's why you're seeing um, some of these longer dated assets starting mm -hmm. to perform. But also I just interviewed ANZ about gold and there's lots of tailwinds there for gold. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. so you can catch up with that interview online. Um, just a very quick run through the news. Uh, REA Group came out um, slowing, putting it down to the economic conditions in Australia. Part of what um, damaged News Corp's revenue was, of course, REA, which weighed. And you'd already mentioned QBE. Yep. So, you know, while they say that gross written premiums remain strong, it is that risk, you know. Absolutely. You, they can't always, um, you know, get the underwriters to take it all away. Ardent Leisure updated the market and the market did not like it. I think shares were down by about 8.8%. And Danielle, just indulge me for a moment. In the small end of town, we had Propel Funeral Partners doing really well. Oh, okay. Um, it's acquiring two funeral services businesses. Select Harvests, though. Um, if you love almonds. Uh, Such a hard one to invest in. Those Some of those really specific <clears throat> agri companies, it's, it's you know, they get knocked around, don't they? When at the, the weather's not the great. Weather, you know, and, but they do say that the almond price has risen, which yeah. we all sort of know. Yeah. Um, and chalice mining, it was down. It's on a cap raising. It's also got an SPP. It's looking to raise about 10 million to further um, its project that's in WA. Um, Look, Danielle, I found this and I couldn't resist just before we get to Shane Oliver from AMP Capital. Um, so this is the Aussie market as compared to our global peers. This yes. is not looking so good to me. No, because we're a cyclical market. And so when we look at it, our bank sector, um, financials and the resources materials, when you really package it all up, it's about 50% of the Australian market. Whereas if you look at NASDAQ, it's, you know, 25, 30% mm -hmm. is big tech. They've been on a tear. I actually think what's really interesting is the DAX in Germany, because that's very exposed to um, China, but and a, and a very mm -hmm. uh, 
scale manufacturing company that's done really well and if everyone likes Japan at the moment I've been trying to find a Japanese expert to come and talk Japanese oh hello if you've got uh, Japanese on your mind out there and you're an expert <laughs> yeah yeah uh, call just, us just speak for, for ETF products for Australian investors because uh, yeah there are markets that are performing well well I'd also point out the Toronto, Toronto Stock yeah. Exchange outperforming Australia very similar composition so you've got a lot of resources you've got a very similar we don't call it the big four in Canada I should say they don't but um, <laughs> you know very big um, pillared banking system with the big stalwart banks TD BMO um, Scotiabank and uh, the uh, oh, Royal, Bank of, Royal Bank of Canada, which yeah. is a huge bank. It is. Yeah. And the CIBC. So there you go. There's just some perspective for you. You know who else has good perspective? Shane Oliver. He's joining us from AMP Capital. Uh, Shane, looks like we'll be up about half a percent for the week. Um, what did you make of the week? Well, look, in the great scheme of things, it was neither here nor there. I, I think it's fairly uh, benign in the US as well. Um, Obviously, globally, you've got those ongoing issues with U.S. banks. I mean, they they took a backseat for the first uh, few days of the week, but they, that issue was here again with us last night. And I think that has a long way to go because each time they do a rescue, uh, shareholders get wiped out, and they and uh, therefore they sell other bank shares, which then draws the attention of depositors who then take their money out. And before you know it, um, that particular bank is in some sort of trouble. So I think that's an ongoing issue. Has further to go. Uh, you've got the debt ceiling issues still further to go. But you'd have to say from a macro perspective, the inflation news has been very, very good. Uh, I have a feeling that the term sticky inflation will go the same way as transitory inflation did 18 months ago, uh, that uh, the inflation numbers will continue to improve, taking pressure off central banks, led, of course, by the Fed, although it's lagging Canada, um, and, then, and then ultimately Australia. Um, but the worries, I think, will increasingly, unfortunately, turn to risk of recession, earnings downgrades and so on. And I think that's probably going to be um, a big factor over the next few months um, as we go through these seasonally weak periods into the September quarter. Uh, so overall, I, I think a, a reasonable week, um, a typical budget uh, week in Australia where economists get their knickers tied in a knot, um, debating the ins and outs of the budget. And then, of course, uh, you know, get to the end of the week and the market's moved on to something else entirely. Um, and I think that's what's happening here. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on markets, although there's lots of issues in there which do affect Australians, uh, some more than others. Um, so, yes, they're very important issues. Um, but from a market perspective, I don't think there was anything in there that caused a, a major shock. And unfortunately, these days, governments release everything beforehand. So the old days of Paul Keating pull, pulling a rabbit out of the hat uh, in terms of a budget uh, improvement um, are long gone. And we already had that news out before we got to the budget, unfortunately. Yeah, Shane, um, whirling back to inflation, really interesting, because there are quite a few people, experts out there. David Rosenberg, he's talking about disinflation. Um, China really weak CPI, PPI numbers. I had a guest on last week talking about exporting deflation to the rest of the world. So is that is that something yeah. real? Like because China is not kickstarting as much as everybody expected, um, to me, like mm. markets are really positioned on that sticky inflation. But as you said, and others are saying, 
you know, maybe it's a disinflation environment we're really moving into and maybe China will have a role. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I do have a thought on that. And I'm also conscious of the chart you put up showing the relative performance of Aussie shares versus others year to date. And one of the reasons we've been a relative underperformer is that the Chinese economy uh, has not perhaps rebounded as quickly or as much as some had hoped. It's been more services, consumer spending driven rather than a demand for commodities and uh, commodities have come down, oil being one of them, uh, gas, uh, coal have come down, uh, iron ore, we're, we're noticing aggressively, metals and so on. So um, the, 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 the sort of softness of the recovery in China beyond consumer-driven demand um, is obviously an important factor here. Interestingly, when I saw those inflation numbers yesterday, I think I tweeted that uh, we might see the return of China exporting. I didn't say deflation. I think I said disinflation. In other words, low inflation uh, coming out of China. Um, in fact, we use the Chinese PPI as one of the components of our uh, Australian and US indicators for inflation. And we think that's quite significant that it's going increasingly negative um, because it does still affect other products exported right around the world. So I think that issue is certainly a big one. Um, I don't think we're sort of in the same disinflationary environment that we saw in a, sort of a long-term secular sense from what the early 80s, early 90s through to the pandemic. I think that's behind us. But cyclically, I think we are moving into an environment of disinflation. We're already seeing that in goods prices uh, and we're, we're seeing it uh, in uh, commodities. Uh, and I think we're seeing it in US rents, and I think we're starting to see it in US services, excluding rents, what they call the super core services uh, measure in the US. Um, it's a bit, uh, take a bit longer there to show up, but I think we are starting to see it. So I, I think, yeah, just as the term sticky inflation will start to fade away, uh, you will see more talk about China exporting disinflation to the rest of the world. Now, there are some restrictions around that, which makes it a little bit different, and that the world has become a lot more uh, protectionist, you know, there's tensions between the West and China and so on and so forth. So that might dampen a little bit, but nevertheless, uh, low price growth in China will translate to, uh, will, will impact uh, countries right around the world. Look, forgive me, but I think we're getting a bit heavy for this time on a Friday. <laughs> Shame. If you had a crystal ball, uh, what are you expecting for next week? What are the big things that we need to be attuned to? I know that we've got the RBA minutes. We've got some earnings actually coming through in Australia as well. Yeah, we do. Look, look, the minutes, uh, yeah, yeah, another go at the RBA. I mean, they, they put too much stuff out there. It's becoming a drag. And now you can just apply under freedom of information, get all the internal stuff. We can have an argument about that as well. Um, it, it seems like as a nation, as investors, we've become obsessed with the RBA. And uh, I worry that economists <laughs> will just become permanent RBA watchers. Um, anyway, hopefully not. Uh, so we do have those minutes coming up. They'll be 10 pages or so. They used to be five pages and they got longer and longer. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't tell us anything new than what we learned at the, at the meeting and the, the speech by Governor Lowe, comment by Governor Lowe and the SOMP, but I'm sure they'll have some little nugget in there that will get everyone excited. Um, I think the key message, though, will be along the lines of that the RBA still sees that they might have to raise interest rates again. So they'll retain that tightening bias there, even though I'm hopeful that they won't. Uh, and I think further tightening will be a mistake from here. Um, yeah, we've got some uh, earnings uh, numbers coming up in Australia. They're going to be watched fairly closely because of worries about a, a, a deceleration in the cycle, a slowdown in the cycle. 
Um, obviously, wages numbers are going to be watched pretty closely on Wednesday because one of the big risks for inflation in Australia is a wages breakout. We haven't seen that so far, um, but we keep worrying about it. Uh, we think that inflation will edge, uh, wages growth will edge up to 3.6%. So that's probably a big one to watch here as long, uh, along with the jobs numbers on on uh, Thursday. The only thing I would say about the jobs numbers is that they are a lagging indicator. Unemployment is a lagging indicator. Just look at the US. Jobless claims are now clearly trending up. Job openings are falling. Layoffs are rising and quits are falling. All of those things are telling me the US labour market is slowing and we're a little bit behind them and we're going to see the same things here, unfortunately, uh, in terms of people getting jobs. But good news in terms of uh, downwards pressure on services inflation. Fantastic, Shane. Look, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, always great to speak. Have a lovely weekend and uh, we look forward to chatting next week. So will I. All the best see for the you, weekend. Shane. See ya. Um, you know, and, and look, we'll, we'll probably look to buy the dip again, maybe um, sort of towards that 120 mark potentially. Uh. So overall, I think, you know, the biggest negative here is, is there any kind of special upside? Would you, do you have a, a clear buy thesis? Having said that, I wouldn't call it a sell because there may well be people that, you know, have a long-term view and have maybe held it for many years and also, uh, you know, intend to hold it for many years. And I don't think, you know, I think that basically this is correctly priced high. Now, basically, real estate is almost like the it's the it's either the national sport or the most popular religion in Australia, because, uh, you know, they say that something like 60 percent, a little over 60 percent of adults, no, about 60 percent, sorry, 59 percent of the adult population uh, visit the website each month. So you could hardly get a better moat. Uh, obviously, it does have some competitors, but because the house transaction is such a big one, people will definitely advertise in the most popular real estate portal. And as long as they hold that position, then it's a great asset. Well, Danielle, uh, shall we yeah. take a look at some of these leaders? Exactly. Well, we've got Lake Resources talking about leaders, <laughs> lithium winning the week. Oh boy, I'm and getting all excited. Grain Corp still running. After its result, yeah. we did speak with the CEO. That is still up online, but then I guess the brokers weigh in. News Corp, yep. despite uh, REA doing a little bit of damage, clearly. The market liking some of the, I guess, yeah. the results coming through in the print and the digital business. I mean, let's be honest. And then you have Core Lithium today. I wish I would have spent the time to take a look at what some of these names are up over the five trading days because it's just been an extraordinary week for some of these um, lithium miners. And Core came out with an announcement uh, yesterday. Like all these little lithium miners in the small end of yeah. town as well are coming out with these announcements this week. And I, I don't really blame them. No, but, absolutely. Uh, they're all updating on their resources and what they've been finding in their um, drilling program. So look, it was, it, you know, that's a, those are pretty good gains percentage wise on a day that mm. was flat overall. Mm. Mm. I'm just having a look at Core Lithium, even though it's kind of rallied from about 80 cents mid-March to $1.17. Mm -hmm. uh, we're well off those highs of $1.80 that was back there in January. So there you go. 
Perhaps sometimes still they, some further upside. Exactly. All right, uh, let's look at some of the laggards. Um, we've got Sandfire Resources in the copper space. Look, I had a chat about Sandfire on the call this week. I can't remember exactly what day it is. And I don't think that anybody doubts that it's a good way to play copper. It's just what you're paying for it was what I was told. Right. And today there wasn't a lot of news associated with it. But again, we started out this program by saying that the miners, excuse me, really did weigh overall. Oh, and just worth saying then the iron ore stocks. So we have had weakness yet again in the iron ore price, uh, tracking below US dollar, $100 a tonne. So Champion Iron Ore down about 4%, some uh, profit taking in the gold <coughs> sector, which is not surprising because gold price has been a little bit weaker and we've had such a great run. And nickel mines, not 100% sure, but offered about 3.7%. So, you know, really not surprising to see in some instances some profit taking uh, coming in when things uh, rally quite strongly. But um, as my guest said, he's still very, very bullish on the gold sector. Okay, well, we'll watch gold this week, see how it goes. Let's take a little peek into the small cap space. And we've got Brockman Mining, wow. Latin Resources, Ainsworth Game Technologies up by 13%. I'm not aware of any news, but no. I will note that Aristocrat does report next week. Um, the Laggards, it's a motley crew yeah. of some of these energy resources. Resource. Yeah. yeah, three cents share off one cent. And before you know it, that's almost 18%. Sure <laughs> is. All right. Um, look, here is a little look at what we are expecting overnight. And in fact, one of these, UK GDP, Danielle, we've already got. Yeah, if I'm it not came mistaken. in. At, I've just literally, it's come up on the screen. So I would say, I don't know if it's in line or not, but 0.1%. Uh, so basically, they had been looking for March for about point uh, for sorry versus a point three percent fall that was recorded in March. So slightly um, better than expected. Yeah, it would seem that way. They've just wrote, uh, put up interest rates by another twenty five basis points. But gee, it's really sluggish growth, isn't it? At the end of the day, I mean, high inflation and sluggish growth—not what anybody wants. Uh, I, I'm I'm really appreciative of you talking about the BOE because I did find this tweet this morning actually that brought a smile to my face and it was rather <laughs> sums it up. <laughs> Sorry, technical difficulties because it's extraordinary. There was two dissenters when it came to that twenty five basis point hike and inflation is running at over 10 percent uk food price inflation is at a 46 yeah. year high i mean these central banks particularly in these very inflationary economies they have to have a lot of work ahead of them yeah i, I don't think brexit's helped there too mm. they've had lots of problems like there's been food supply problems in europe and of course now that uk is not in brexit yeah. well sorry like you're not getting anything and i think that's created a lot of food shortages as well. Yeah, interesting. Not good. No. Um, look, uh, next week, I thought it would be worthwhile to just take a look at what we've got on the agenda. RBA minutes, James Hardy quarterly, zero earnings, new farm. So we're going to have a lot of corporate news. Yeah, absolutely. Though, as Shane Oliver was saying, we'll give us some insight into the state of, I guess, cost inflation, staffing issues that have been a real concern. James Hardy will be real. Well, both of them. Zero will be really yeah. interesting. See what's happening in the UK. But James Hardy is as well because they're at the coalface of that housing sector in Australia that's been really, really, well, new construction, yeah. very weak, yeah. Well, um, look, thank you for today. Thanks for the week. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Just to finish it off, uh, looking at the close of this session, um, look, the S&P ASX 200 has just closed I... bang on. <laughs> 
Four, flat. I four I mean, points okay, up. She's still, she's still got the silver lining. 7,256, the SIBO Australia index, also just trading relatively flat. As we head toward the European Open, the US Open, um, we've got E-minis actually slightly in positive territory. And I, I, we didn't talk about it, but we do have that University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment report out tonight. It'll be really interesting to see how things are going there, considering the banking Absolutely. issues. Uh, considering, you know, inflationary pressures. Yep. Um, yeah. So there's, there's going to be lots for us to talk about on Monday yet Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Listen, thanks, as we said, for joining us. If you've missed anything, please do catch up online. Keep your eye out for our weekend newsletters. And uh, we do hope you have a good, happy, safe weekend. Bye. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. 